today I want to talk about what is um, generally called the fire sermon. And it's one of the suttas, it's, the th uh, it's considered the third talk the Buddha gave after his awakening, a few months after his awakening. And it was given to about a thousand former, excuse me, aesthetics. And the Buddha um, had practiced asceticism before he he stopped and realized that wasn't that wasn't um, teaching him the end of suffering. It was just creating more suffering. He he was down to eating three grains of rice a day and was pretty emaciated, as you can see from some of those statues and. Um, um, he realized that, you know, punishing the flesh was not how you uh, ended suffering. Uh, and so he had a thousand of these uh, ascetics who had formerly been fire worshippers. And so he used an appropriate metaphor. It's thought that that's why he used this appropriate metaphor as fire. And so I'm just going to read a little bit of the sutta. I think this is a translation by uh, Tanisaru Bhikkhu. Monks, the all is a flame. What all is a flame? The eye is a flame. Forms are a flame. Consciousness at the eye is a flame. Contact at the eye is a flame. And whatever there is that arises in dependence on contact with the eye is experienced as pleasure, pain, or neither is also a flame. A flame with what? A flame with a fire of passion or craving, desire, the fire of aversion, the fire of delusion, a flame, I tell you, with birth, aging, and death, with sorrows, lamentations, pains, distresses, and despairs. And then he goes on to talk about the other senses, the ear, the nose, the tongue, the body. Everything is a flame. And, um, and he's basically talking, it's, it's, he's kind of repeating what he talks about in the first um, the first noble truth there is suffering there is dukkha there is birth and death and sorrow and aging and lamentation and pain and distress and despair and that is all suffering that is all dukkha this discontent and he equates it with our senses being on fire and then the sutta goes on to say that finally when you begin to recognize that things are aflame you become disenchanted because you realize, I'm on fire. I probably better do something about it. And so you become disenchanted with those sensations you're no longer pushing or pulling or craving. And, um, and then you m move towards Nibbana. And Nibbana actually means cessation. So there's the cessation of this fire. So there's the ceasing of the burning. So I think this is relevant today because we may not necessarily be fire worshipers, but we can think at times, and I found this as I was reflecting on this this week, I think it's, because this, this, this fire summer just popped into my head a few, a few days ago, and I said, let me talk about that earlier this week, and I'm like, okay, and so I've been thinking about it all week, and it's like, um, we may not necessarily have these emotions that are huge and like, they're they're on fire and burning and just pulling our attention it's like oh my gosh this is like crazy um we're stuck in that grasp of sorrow and lamentations but 
um, we're burning with greed or hatred or delusion, that that not, it may not be that huge, but it can be very low level. And I think that's really much more of what we experience as dukkha than these big things. Because when something big happens, like a birth or a death or, or uh, illness, you know, breaking a wrist or something like that, we're aware that, oh, okay, this is a thing. And when we have practice, when we have some, some uh, mindfulness, ability to stay present and recognize what's happening, oftentimes when there is something big, we can say, oh, yeah, this is a big thing. Let me bring my awareness to this. Let me bring my attention to this so I'm not just, just sitting in reactivity. But a lot of the time, it's just these low-level nagging kinds of things where we struggle so much. We suffer so much from these, these things. So it's not like we're on fire. It's more like they're these burning embers that are always there. It's that rock in your shoe that's just so annoying. Or that, that supermarket shopping cart that always takes you off to the side it's always so annoying um but it's these it's these subtle little stories these subtle little things like this it's an like and then and this is like i know duke is usually translated as suffering but i also like the alternative re, um, ways of looking at dukkha which is uneasiness or disquiet you know this just something's not right this discomfort with the way it is even if we can't pinpoint it exactly you know sometimes there's a memory you know a, an uncomfortable memory and and that memory comes up and then there's a story around oh I can't believe I did that that was so stupid and we get a little cringy or maybe somebody else did something and we're just a little bit of anger you know reflect you know fires up it's you the flame the flame is is appropriate here maybe it just you know reignites this anger even if it's not um horrible and like burning there's just this sense of annoyance Ugh, i can't believe they did that you know and these are the thoughts that lead to the disquiet this burning this simmering um, and they just move in and they just stay there because they're so low level, they're just kind of how we move through the world. You know, those are the simple ones. You know, and our, our mind is often burning with this craving for something to be different. And, and not even being able, not even being aware of that, but when we have that, let's say, a recollection of something that was uncomfortable, that we did something silly, or we made a mistake, or we embarrassed ourselves, or we hurt someone, and we're we're cringing about it. Still, you know, a week, a month, a year, ten years later, because I'm I'm sure I know I have those moments where I go, oh, I can't believe I did that. We're carrying that around. That is so long past that that experience is is lost in the mists of time, but it's still very real internally. You know, and our mind is, is kind of reignited with this, this really unpleasant emotion, this difficult emotion to be with, and we want it to be gone. 
we don't want to be with it. And that's when that voice comes in, ah, that berating, that judging, that comparing. Because I really believe that judging mind, that, that, that mind that berates us is a mind that is trying to make it change history. You know, if you had just been better, then you wouldn't be feeling this way now. If you, if you had, if they had done that, then they wouldn't be doing X, Y, or Z, or you wouldn't be feeling this way. And so there's this crazy idea of trying to change the past. That's what, what's the, what's that um, story? Um, um, forgiveness is giving up all, uh, all hope for a different past, um, which I love. And because it's like, oh, we've stopped holding the past hostage, holding ourselves hostage to the past. So that's just one example. The mind moves into this, make it stop. Or gimme, gimme, gimme what I want. Oh, I wish I could have that. And there's that lurking fear. Oh, when will I ever get that? When will this ever happen? When will I have that relationship? I'm going to be, I had friends who would say, I'm just going to be a single in a restaurant for the rest of my life. And there'd be this, uh, I want a relationship, but I'm not. And just living in some fabrication of the future and believing it without, without question. That's the thing with, with this low-level burning is there's no questioning, which is what the beauty of beginner's mind is when we ask the question, well, what is this? What's this discomfort? And these experiences in the sutta, the entryway for these things is through our senses as the second noble truth. No, excuse me, the second foundation of mindfulness. Feeling tone, vedana, where we experience something with our eyes. There's a consciousness or a sound. And that triggers a thought. You know, we see some a couple and we're, we're like, we'll never have a relationship or we hear a sound, a, a, you know, a song, and then remember that that thing that we did that is like, oh, so cringy. And so it's the entryway is through our senses, and things are pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. It's that second noble truth. And I think it's especially important to reflect on this right now because of the reactivity of the moment. The reactivity of the world today, because people just react, and they react with harshness, and they react with vitriol, um, rather than responding with compassion or kindness or appropriately. There's, we're impacted by so many things. I, I really believe there's this collective grief and this, this sadness that, that we're all holding and it's unpleasant, but we're not often acknowledging it or a lot of people are not acknowledging it and it, and it just continues to... I mean, there's the violence and there's the, the awfulness and then there's the reactivity to that, that people are kind of having fights with each other over all these things. Um, instead of being willing to turn towards the pain or the grief or the sadness. Can you be with that, that moment of deep grief that overcomes you during the day? You see a picture of something or you read a story and, and there's just grief. Can you just be with that? 
when you can't, when you don't acknowledge it, when you just stuff it down and get reactive, that's the fire. That's the burning. You know, and we have to pause. We have to slow down and pay attention. I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I want to give a shout out to this podcast. It's called Butter Wouldn't Melt. And it's uh, a British a British person and um, who does it. And it's really lovely. I knew him years ago, the guy who does the podcast, I knew him years ago. He sat, he was living in L.A. for a while and got to meet him and sit with him. And, um, but he's, he's just a practitioner talking about his experience, his life experience, and how Dharma has actually impacted him. And allowed him to move through and he's a he's just a beautiful storyteller so he was talking in the podcast I was listening to about um, a teacher he had for a while who was so present and if you've ever been with someone who's incredibly mindful and really present a lot of times monastics who have many years of practice or have this capacity to be so present and, you know, something happens and they're fully engaged with that. You know, they, uh, uh, I think he mentioned something, a, a fly would land on the shoulder and just really be present with this, this insect. And most of us would just kind of react to, you know, pushing it away or something, but really fully being slow and present and when you can be slow and be present, you can have an appropriate response rather than just a reactive response. Ooh, unpleasant, get rid of it. Ooh, pleasant, grasp for more. Or most of the time it's neither and we're just walking around not even cognizant of what's going on. You know, and um, I, I am grateful because I've done a lot of practice and I've been able to release a lot of the stories but still there's this low I'm not I'm far from being that present I'm definitely not that present I'm, I'm you know it's like oftentimes sometimes if there's critters if there's like spiders and things in my house I'm really gentle and I try and get them to a place where it's better for them than the cats eating them or whatever um and but oftentimes I'm not I'm just kind of somewhere else I I had uh, an issue with an app the other day and that annoyed me because I had other things I needed to do but I needed to have this app working and it wasn't doing what it was supposed to do so there was this simmering annoyance and then I, I got the help desk on the chat via the website and they're like what about this and what about that and I'm like no that's not working and there's this simmering annoyance and it was just like <sighs> I shouldn't have changed to this. I should have stuck with the other one. Blah, 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 blah. Instead of just being present and saying, okay, how can we work with this? I'm really grateful that I was, my speech was wise and I didn't like go, meow, 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 meow. I was just like, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Maybe because I had to type so I couldn't be snarky. I was typing and I'm like, okay, I'll, let me type nice, <laughs> not type snarky. <laughs> um, but it's just because annoyance, therefore I get to be reactive to you, who's just this person working at a help desk. So there's so much of this, that's, that's dukkha. 
that's dukkha, this attachment to a particular thing instead of saying, okay, my attachment was to this particular thing, but this is the way it is. How do I hold that? And then also recognizing that um, I have shifted because a couple of weeks ago I fell, I tripped in a parking lot, I tripped over, um, you know, when you park and there's that cement thing, I would, the parking lot was empty and I was just walking through and I just like, boom, went down and landed on my knee. Luckily, I did not break anything. I'm really grateful. Um, but I landed hard on my knee and so it's been sore and I haven't been able, I've had to go up, be careful going upstairs and downstairs and so I haven't been able to hike or do any of that. But what I noticed is I, I went, okay, it's like this okay, I can't walk, okay, this is this, okay, it's getting a little better, okay, it's not getting better. There was no, you dummy, how come you didn't pay attention, that type of thing, that suffering. So I noticed there was no suffering there. In fact, it was like, wow, this is interesting. And then people, enough people told me that, because it really wasn't changing, it was staying the same, so just go get it checked out. So I went to my doctor, and she told, I just have, um, uh, a tendonitis. I bruised the tendon at my knee, really, really bruised it up good, but it, it should be fine in another few weeks. And she showed me a couple of exercises to help strengthen it. And so that was great. But I noticed after that, the impatience started creeping back in. It's like, okay, it's it's been two weeks today. And I I'm still feeling this, and I've been doing these exercises for two days now, so how come it's not getting better? And so I'm watching this impatience sneak in, and I'm watching this dukkha that goes along with impatience. Okay, I'm not doing the monthly sangha hike this month, but I'm going to pick it for January 12th next month. It better be better by then. And so all the fabrications are starting. And so it's really interesting to watch that when you pay attention. And so it's like, come back from that. But that's how those embers get fanned. And then eventually there's, you know, I could be whatever or however, whatever path we take. But when we're paying attention and recognizing that, what does the Buddha say? You know, when we begin to recognize that things are aflame, then we can become disenchanted because we see clearly that clarity. I was listening to a little clip of Jensuma Tenzin Palmo, who you may know is a she's a, a nun in the Tibetan lineages and she she's the woman who's who lived in a cave for 12 years and wrote a book about it uh, I haven't read it I want to at some point I'll put it on my list of books to read which there's a pile of them back there um, and she talked about how we see the world in a distorted way we see it through our lens of conditioning and once we recognize that it's distorted, that's when wisdom can come in. Until then, we're deluded because we, see, we think what we're seeing is true. And it's not. It's our, it's our lens. And our dukkha is because we're stuck in that lens of distortion and delusion. And so to be willing to 
drop that and let that go, that's moving into wisdom and clarity, which is, which is along the path of freedom. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey of diligence. It's a journey of, deter- of effort. Um, you know, we all still play stories because we're all entangled. The embers are still there. We still fan them. But the invitation is to really pay attention. You know, fire burns when there's fuel. And if we don't give the fire fuel, it will, it will go out. There will be a cessation. As I said, Nibbana is that cessation of burning because there's no longer fuel. The, the, the cycle of birth and redeath, death will end, samsara. We're no longer attached to things. It's our attachment. It's our clinging. It's our wanting and not wanting that causes this over and over and over again. You know, so we can just, um, if we can just open an awareness, and that's what we do when we're on the cushion. We practice recognizing, recognizing those flames, recognizing what those embers, what shape the embers take for us. How do they show up in our lives, you know? I noticed, I, I mentioned I did this class today, and I was thinking about it afterwards. It's like um, there was a little bit of those embers going, oh, how, did I do okay? Did I say the right thing? Should I have done that? Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. I, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Just this, there's just the simplest things, and here come those embers. And unless you're paying attention, they're just going to be there and make you have a, a little bit of discomfort, discomfort dis-ease, you know, discomfort. That's, I love the dukkha de- definition, um, not, not able to be with the way it is. And not dukkha, sukha, happiness, is being with the way it is. No preference. That's the movement towards equanimity. That's, that's what the invitation of this practice is, this freedom from burning. So... I invite you to look for those embers that get fanned on a, on a continual basis because they're so, we're so used to them. We're so used to them. So it's about not, not being used to that. Take the rock out of your shoe. Take the thorn out of your finger. It doesn't have to be there. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much, my friends, for your, for your kind, kind, kind attention as always. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.